go to John chapter 16 and let's look at this together. Uh, this is the promise of the Lord Jesus before uh, he ascended back to heaven. And uh, he had been uh, telling his disciples in John chapter 14 uh, that he would not leave them comfortless. And then when he closes John chapter 16, he says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. You see that? Tribulation is normal. We're not in heaven, we're in the world. We're in a sin-cursed world. Things are not going to go our way here. We're blessed in America above all nations. But we're going to have tribulation in this world. That's normal. Uh, Peter said, think it not strange concerning, listen to me now, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened. It's common. We're in the world. There's a great war going on. Do you know Satan wants to be God and wants to be worshipped as God? He's going to declare himself the Christ. He's going to declare himself the God. He is not. He's an imposter. His death sentence has already been written. His eternal hell has already been prepared. But Jesus said in the rest of this verse, But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Several times that phrase is in the New Testament. It is very similar to the phrase in the Old Testament that says be of good courage. This says be of good cheer. The battle of our faith and fear is a matter of our focus. Think of the statement now. The battle of our faith and fear is a matter of our focus, what we're focused upon. If we focus on the circumstances around us, our fear, will, our fear will increase and we will be overcome by this world. But if we focus on the promises of Christ, our faith will increase and we will overcome the world. I want to overcome the world. I want to live the victorious Christian life. I do not want to be defeated. I don't want to live in despair or discouragement because of the world. I think of missionaries tonight that are serving God in countries that do not have freedom. They do not have security. In fact, a sense of fear is what permeates the environment in which they live. We live in a day in America where the media, probably the greatest enemy of our democracy since communism or the radical Islamists, they work to think of every possible scenario, of every worst case scenario to present a problem as it could be magnified in every way imaginable and they present that 24 hours a day and they feed fear with every opportunity with their projection models. We think maybe 500,000, maybe a million, maybe 2 million people are going to die of this virus. They're projection models based on science. I'm glad my life isn't based on science. A scary thought, isn't it? 
but they, 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 they use their projection models, they use their propaganda polls, their anecdotal stories, their half-truths to present worst-case scenarios for us to worry about. They never present the possible positive helps that are present in our world. They present news stories with a hint of truth, but so filled with deceit and dishonesty to prove the narrative they desire. That not only stirs my fear, it destroys my faith. If I feed upon that all of the time. A few Friday evenings ago, I was invited to the Whitaker Park baseball field to pray at a patriotic rally. I was with Senator Rand Paul and Congressman Andy Barr and a congressman from Tennessee, uh, Mark Green, I believe was his name, and a few others. WKYT put out a story on the event, and the purpose of the story was obvious. They wanted to make accusation that this rally was a super spreader of the COVID-19 virus, and these folks who attended do not care about people. There was a picture of me sitting beside Senator Paul out on a baseball field. We were hundreds of feet from anyone, and uh, we weren't wearing a mask, and the purpose of the article was to point out that we were flaunting the rules and not wearing a mask. And the caption said this, packed stadium flaunts policies. Now, the seating capacity is 6,994. There might have been 400 people there. <laughs> and the headlines read, Packed Stadium. I took a picture of it. In fact, I had to zoom in to find somebody. <laughs> now, the purpose of the story was to drive fear drive fear about the virus and drive fear about all of the things. And I've never denied the reality of the virus, but the truth is they're working to spread fear. Fear will overcome your joy. Fear will overcome your vision for God. Fear will overcome your happiness in life. Fear will overcome your fight for right. Fear will overcome your hope. Fear will overcome your purpose. Fear will overcome your dreams and goals in life and will leave you lifeless and hopeless, hoping the fear goes away. However, faith will strengthen your joy. Faith will strengthen your vision. Faith will strengthen your happiness. Faith will strengthen your fight and your resolve for right. Faith will increase your hope. Faith will increase your purpose. Faith will help you to have goals and dreams and life and come hell or high water. With, with, with faith in our hearts, we'll move forward and give it all we can to accomplish God's will for our life. May I say tonight, it is my job to help keep your faith in God and His Word strong and in charge of your life. 
I am not a news analyst that has uh, been called to give you my opinion of what's going on. My job is to preach the precious and unchanging promises of that book and tell you of a wonderful God that is eternal who always has been and always will be. He's never been threatened, let alone defeated. And my job is to edify and to strengthen, to encourage, to increase your faith in God. 1 Thessalonians 5, the Bible says, says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Edify one another. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is he. The Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the life, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Ephesians 4 and verse number 12 for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I expect that when you leave church tonight, you'll say, I sure am glad that I have a God that's still on the throne. I sure am glad that I have a God that's in control of every man, of every heart, and the heart of the king is still in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it as a river whithersoever he will. And I want you to go away tonight and say, I'm glad my friend Faith has been strengthened. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You say, preacher, are you just saying we don't have any problems at all? I didn't say that at all. We have many burdens. There are folks here tonight uh, that have wept tears this week. There are folks here tonight that have burdens that are heavy and they hurt. I'm not saying tonight there's no burdens and there's no problems. I'm just saying we have a God that's a greater than God. He's greater than your burden. He's greater than your fear. He's greater than your problem. He's greater than your sorrow. And our faith in him must be increased if we're going to continue in the hopes and dreams and visions and joy and gladness God wants us to have. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 4, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which ministers questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Jude. Go to the last chapter of Jude, if you will, or the first chapter, either one you want to go to. Jude, let's go to verse number 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, by the way, God's always had his man to preach faith in God. He says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage 
up, beloved. Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I wish I could, I wish we could get a hold of that tonight. In, in verse number 16, he talks about all those great swelling speeches. I'll solve the virus in 24 hours. You'll be able to buy another car. The college will be free. You'll be millionaires. Bunch of empty words. And folks who put their hope in that end up with their hopes dashed. Look at verse 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there shall be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto, every, unto eternal life, and of some having compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, uh, 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 hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. I'm going to warn you, you're going to get excited right here. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power hath now and ever. Amen. He says here, we're not going to be carried away with all of these speeches of admiration and compliment and commendation of one another. But I'll tell you what we are impressed with. You go back to the apostles as they began to deliver the word of God and those who have preached the words of Christ. And he tells us he's the one that's able to present you before God faultless and our home is in heaven, our salvation is secure. We're a child of the king. Jude tells us you earnestly contend for the faith. Don't contend for fear. Don't contend for doubt. Contend for. Earnestly contend for faith. One of the things we learn about fear is that the devil uses our mind to magnify or exaggerate the size and strength of the enemy. Our fear increases. You know, I can walk through a field and a little stick hit my snake, and I imagine a six foot, uh, uh, a little stick hit my leg, and I imagine a six foot rattlesnake. Now, you get home quicker that way. That's just the way fear is it magnifies, it exaggerates. The devil gives me a perception of the enemy that would increase my fears. And yet when I look at the power of God in my life, I see that God has never lost a battle. He's never let down a servant. He's never been overpowered by an enemy. And the things I fear, they've lost every time. And you look at the size, no matter how big the enemy was, Goliath was defeated, the Red Sea was parted, the wilderness was crossed, water came from the rock, the enemy fell from Pharaoh.
Pharaoh to the Philistines, from Nebuchadnezzar to Nero, from the rise of the Babylonian Empire uh, to the fall of the Roman Empire. And God has always been victorious and he always will. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. Hey, we'll understand it better by and by. Satan wants us to focus on the changing circumstances of life that bring fear rather than trust in the unchanging and everlasting promises of God that never change. Now get your Bible. I want to show you some verses of promises that you need to mark in your mind and in your Bible. You need to see them tonight. These will increase your faith. Let's begin in the book of Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. You know, isn't it something you hear so many thoughts and theories of all the things that are going on, you eventually say, I don't know what to believe. Well, dear friend, when you open the book to Isaiah 41 and verse number 10, you can say, I found something I can believe. I found something that cannot be changed or challenged. It cannot be canceled or done away with. This is the promise of God. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, I'm glad to hold to the unchanging hand of the almighty God. I'm glad he walks beside me. Uh, Let's look back just a page at Isaiah 40 and verse number 31. Isaiah 40 and verse number 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me remind you quickly what that means. Uh, This is someone that is in trouble. This is someone that has suffered hurt or injury. Uh, This is someone perhaps that's had an automobile accident. Uh, Someone that has been hurt, maybe a child, uh, maybe someone that has suffered an injury and uh, we recognize that they're going to need medical attention. Now think with me, if you will. Uh, We call uh, the ambulance and we're blessed in America to be able to dial 911 and have help in a matter of seconds or minutes. And and we saw it happen today. Uh, A lady was sick and she is fine, by the way. Uh, She was sick out of here and we called uh, the paramedic and in just a few minutes they arrived. Now here's what it means to wait on the Lord. It means this, we've dialed 911, God's on the way, just hold on. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. There's a strength gain from just knowing help is on the way. So that's what it means. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and shall not faint. Take your Bibles and go to the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. Oh, we're not even getting warmed up of all the promises that God gives. And I want to tell you something. It trumps anything that MSNBC, CNN, CBS, ABC, Fox, or whatever else is available. I have no idea who's telling the truth. But I want to tell you what, dear friend. I know this book is true. I know this is the unchanging and never changing word of God. And I serve a God that is immutable. It is impossible 
possible for him to change. He always has been and he always will be the same God. And he says in Isaiah 43 and verse number 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God said, I'll always be with thee. Now, that doesn't mean nobody will ever hurt or nobody will ever die. It means that God will always be with us. And, of course, uh, you know the story of Stephen as they were stoning Stephen because of the powerful and convicting preaching uh, that he was doing. And as they began to hurl the stones and his life began to leave his body, Ah, he looked into heaven and he saw Jesus not in his typical position of seated at the right hand of the Father. Ah, but dear friend, Jesus was standing. And old Stephen was about to get a standing ovation as he entered the portals of glory. Stephen would never hurt again. Stephen would never be hated again. Stephen would never be harmed again. Ah, dear friend, I'm a child of the king. You're a child of the king. The worst thing that can happen to us is just have a departure from this place to heaven and leave our family and friends for just a short amount of time. I say tonight, our faith must be increased. Fear will overcome us. We'll be overcome by fear. Oh, but when our faith is increased, we become overcomers. I think of the story in John chapter 11 when Mary and Martha, they were disappointed that Jesus had not come. And Lazarus was sick, and then, of course, Jesus came and to them they thought he had come too late because Lazarus had already died. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Then he asked the question, Believest thou this? Now Mary and Martha thought, Well, yes, we understand that one day in the resurrection... Lazarus is going to die. But Jesus said, I'm not saying I'm going to be the resurrection. I am the resurrection right now. And you're going to see Lazarus live. Hebrews 10, 23, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. 1 Peter 5, 10, But the the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, After that you have suffered a while. You say, preacher, I don't want to suffer. Nobody wants to suffer, but can I tell you, God said my grace will be sufficient. And if you need uh, uh, grace for suffering, I'll give you grace for suffering. Some folks worry about things that they're not not facing. Don't don't worry about facing uh, suffering. If that comes to our life, God will give grace for the suffering. God gives grace for dying. I don't have to worry about dying. I'm not dying right now. When dying day comes, God's grace will be sufficient. God's grace is what I need, and it's always there. It's always available. It's always sufficient. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. 2 Corinthians 7.1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all unfilthiness, or from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 
go back to that book of Deuteronomy. How wonderful and a beautiful book is the law is uh, uh, restated. And of course, it becomes the constitution of that nation of Israel. And he says to them in chapter 7 and verse number 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God said, I set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a token of a covenant between me and the earth. When you see a rainbow, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing God's promise that he'll never destroy the world again by water. That's what the rainbow is. That's what it's for. That's what God put it there for. 1 John chapter 3, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Peter said, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Joshua said this in his dying day, And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth, and ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you, all are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Let, let's look at Hebrews 11 in closing. Look at verse 23. Really wouldn't matter where we began. By faith Moses. Didn't say by fear Moses. It said by faith Moses. When he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Do you see it? They weren't afraid of the king's commandment, but by faith. They saw it was a proper child. And by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughters, daughter, refusing, choosing, I'm sorry, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. Verse 28, through faith he kept the Passover. Verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea. Verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. Verse 31, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. Uh, go to verse number 35. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. 
They were stoned and they were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, torment, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves in the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. He said they didn't get their reward here, but they got their reward in heaven. You know what carried them through those times? Faith in God. Now don't, don't worry for God this week. Don't, don't be worried about God this week. He's, he's going to be all right. Don't, don't, and don't worry about yourself because God's going to take care of us. Whenever God lets me go through, he's going to go through it with me. He's going to hold my hand. He's going to help me. You'll be overcome by fear, but you'll be an overcomer by faith.